Today's episode is sponsored by Awesome Labs. For everything you need to build your own online store, do the smart thing. Visit beawesome.co.za. Awesome Labs, the web is chemistry. You're listening to Big Shot Business Podcast. The what, the why, and the how of building and running a successful business on the African continent. Here's your host, Linkford Biz. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Big Shot Business Podcast. I'm your host, Linkford Biz, and today I have with me Silka Bucker. She is the brand director at Castle Light Africa. Silka, welcome to the show. Thank you, Linkford. Thank you for having me. Beautiful. It's, it's been quite an interesting year, 2020. And I think most businesses have seen the worst of it. How was it on your side? Yeah, look, it, it has been interesting. You know, it's always I'm always very careful when I answer that question because I'm aware of the hardship um, that a lot of people have, have gone through. You know, but from a but from a cost of life perspective, um, it has been quite challenging. Obviously, going into lockdown, we weren't we weren't able to sell our product. We weren't able to market um, our product. Um, and then there was obviously the surprise second kind of kind of hard lockdown which we weren't anticipating, and and that that made it really hard for us to connect to connect with our consumers. Um, and as as you mentioned, I do look after the entire African continent. So in the eleven different markets, the brand was also quite um, drastically impacted in different ways, right? So so Uganda also went into quite a tough lockdown. Um, while while Tanzania, as an example, was only in in a, in a, in a lockdown for a while, and then they kind of emerged um, out of it quite quickly. Um, so so the the brands in different in different spaces in different markets, and that's been quite quite in, interesting to navigate. Um, you know, as as we go through this pandemic, um, but but from a from a twenty twenty perspective overall, um, it was really it was really interesting for me to see how how brands, um, you know, rose up and, and made sure that everything that, that we tried to do was for the better of our consumers, uh, you know, giving back where we could, making sure that we spread messages of hope and unity um, and, and standing together with, with our consumers and our frontline workers as we all try to, to kind of, you know, just figure this thing out um, one day at a time. It was, um, I think, one of the most toughest times I've experienced in business and having having seen the compounding effect it had on other brands, I can only imagine what it was like on your side considering the number of countries that went into lockdown. But um, so as, as, as brand director, what are the type of duties that you were tasked with? Look, I mean, I definitely have the best job in the world that I can tell you. I, I love what I do. So I, um, I, I, along with my magnificent team, we look after the Castle Light brand across the continent. We're in 11 different markets, um, of which South Africa is the biggest, um, followed by Tanzania, Mozambique and Zambia. Um, you know, so it is, it is a really, really interesting, interesting brand to head up. Uh, to understand the different life cycles that it's in in the different markets and make sure that we connect with consumers in a way that's relevant to them, even though the brand needs to have some sort of, of um, consistency across these markets, um, obviously from a, from, a, um, from, a, from a cost of light perspective, you know, we stand for certain, certain, um, for certain values and those need to be pulled through, through the line in, in all of these different markets. Um, yeah, so on a day-to-day, we do beautiful, amazing campaigns like Castle Light Unlocks or the, the Hot as Hell campaign that's currently live in South Africa. We make beautiful TV ads, um, you know, 
we do some amazing things in trade and some some fun things for our consumers to always always be part of and and really what we do is we aim to put the consumer at the center of of all the stuff that we do castellite is the most loved brand in south africa and the biggest premium brand on the continent and when we you get to a point where you are able to to own and and manage a brand of this size it also comes with immense responsibility right so all the things that you put out there is actually shaping culture in in one way or another um, and it's really important to keep that at the back of, you, of our minds when we create the work that, that we put, put out into the world. Quite some work you've got under your belt there. And there's, you know, Africa is quite diverse when it comes to culture. Mm-hmm. How have you guys managed to sort of be relevant in all these different cultures? Look, I mean, there's two, there's two sides to that coin. The first one is to have to be very clear on what your brand is about. Um, you know, you will never be a brand that, that um, you can't be everyone's cup of tea. And, and you'll see that when brands or businesses try to do that, they'll fail. You have to decide what are the things that you stand for and what are the values entrenched in, in who you are or what you are as a product. Um, and then when you're clear on that, it's quite easy to navigate the differences um, in the different markets where you play. So that's from a brand perspective, right? They always stay true to, to what it is and, and what sets you apart. And then from the other side, it, it also sits in the teams that we build. You know, I, I very much believe in the culture of dream teams. Um, when I build and hire, I build my teams with the view of culture ad, not culture fit. So I want people in the team that I want people that are different, um, you know, that think about, about life differently. No one, they can't have the same backgrounds and the same skill sets. And when you have different voices around the table, you'll see that the work is a lot more meaningful and a lot more diverse. And we're able to connect with our consumers better and um, better that way. So when I do a piece of work for Tanzania, as an example, you know, I'm going to make sure that the Tanzanian team is very much involved in that work. Um, and the, in, the insights come from Tanzanian consumers. Um, you know, and I will just make sure that it connects with the brand and the brand values. But, but you have to trust your team and you have to trust, you know, the, the people around you to, to bring the, the, the reality and, and some insights into the work that might not be your reality or your background. That's amazing. So, Clearly, team is the biggest part of the brand that you build or the, the final product at the end. Any insight as to how one can pick such a team? What is it that you really look for when it comes to a team? Yeah, look, I mean, I think we're all different as people, you know. So it, I guess it depends on what type of leader you are and what are the things that are important to you. But, um, you know, I, I leadership is, is a really important important value of mine and empowering people is, is something that I'm extremely passionate about. And when I look at talent and when I look at, at building my team, I always look for people that are authentic and that know who they are, because it's people like that that will come with conversation, you know, and that will have tough and meaningful conversations when they need to be had, because it will always come from a place of respect. Um, So when you are comfortable knowing who you are and what you stand for, um, it's always easier, you know, to lean in and and to have a voice. So authenticity is really important. Um, obviously, I can list all of these things around, you know, you have to work hard and you have to be smart, but you wouldn't even be in the interview process if you didn't do that. You know, when you come, when you come and try work for a brand like Castellite or in a business like AB InBev, those are just tick boxes, you know, what are the, but for me, the magic that sets my team apart and, and the people that 
that I loved working with and working for most in my in my 12 year career, it really was people that were very authentic, um, you know, and different. So they were okay being different and not being cookie cutters um, in the corporate world. Um, and that really brought a lot of magic into the marketing. Oh, that's awesome. You mentioned there, um, your career started about 12 years ago. Um, can you tell us a little bit about it? What got you into it or how, how was that journey? Yeah, look, I mean, I grew up in a very small town um, called Bronkospreit, where my parents owned a bar and a restaurant. So I've always been very involved in, in kind of consumer behavior and understanding, you know, what triggers purchase. Um, and I really always enjoyed, I guess, the, the psychology side of that. So it was an easy decision for me to go and study marketing. Um, I, got, I got a bursary to, to do my, my master's. Um, and then from there, I, I joined the, the SAB business as a sales rep, actually, in the Western Cape. Um, so very, very much in the, in the trenches and on the ground, I worked my way up um, from there into, into the marketing team. I joined Carling Black Label in 2011, and I worked, I worked there for, for almost five years, where I ran the Carling Black Label Cup. I launched Carling Blue Label. Um, and then from there, I moved into Castle Light and, and into the brand director role to, to almost more, a little bit more than two years ago. So, so very much a marketing career um, and a career working on some really influential brands um, in South Africa specifically. Um, yeah, so that's, that's a little bit about me. Oh, that's great. What were your highlights during the time? Yeah, I mean, I th- like I said, you know, I am, I am a creative at heart and and I have, I have done, I've, I've been able to work on some, some really beautiful and amazing work. So running the Carling Black Label Cup was such a privilege. You know, I now know more about soccer um, than, than, any other, <laughs> than any other person. I promise you that. It's always really fun to have conversations with. I'll come learn from you. <laughs> with, with my guy friends and they think that they're going to talk me about the PSL and then I just put them in their place. So, so that's really fun. Right. Um, yeah, so that was such a privilege, you know, it's the most awarded through the line campaign in the world. And, and just to be able to, to run that for a year was, was, was really um, quite, a, quite a milestone in my career. And it taught me not just a lot about marketing, but also a lot about leadership. Um, and then from there, as I moved into Costa Light, you know, taking Costa Light Unlocks from a South African concert to something that was activated in nine different countries with three concerts across the continent, you know, Nigeria, Mozambique, and Tanzania um, was really interesting logistically, <laughs> but, but also quite a, quite a nice, quite a, quite a nice box to tick um, for myself and my team. Yes. Um, and then we started doing some really culture shaping work. You know, we did something called hip hop her story, um, which shone a, shone a light on, on inequality in hip hop. And really just um, showed the beautiful, the beautiful um, women of that passion point and, and all the things that they've done that might not have been not might have been overlooked slightly, you know, and that was really meaningful for me. Um, and we also won a lot of awards for that piece of work. And yeah, and then obviously moving into the brand director role, we're repositioning Costa Light. That's that's always always quite challenging for such a big brand. And I'm sure when I'm done with that, that would probably be my number one achievement. <laughs> in my career. That's, that's quite a colorful career you've had so far. You know, during, um, I think when I was looking at Castle Light Unlocks and some of the things that you've managed to achieve so far, 
did you always know when you were in, you know, let's say preparing for one of those, did you always know what the outcome would be? No, no, trust me. And the outcome is never what you think it's going to be either. So, you know, there's so much um, volatility in marketing and, and obviously you can, you need to plan and you need to be very clear from a measurement perspective, what KPIs you want to hit. So from that perspective, you know, right, you know what you need to chase and where you want to end up, but there's always things happening, you know, and there's always things that come in that you couldn't have planned for. And um, that's, that's really where agility comes in and just, you know, understanding the consumer quick decisions so that you still get the best outcome at the end of the day. Hmm. Quite some fit. Now, being, um, you know, I always, I always feel a little bit uncomfortable with, with this question because I never tell how people are going to respond to it. <laughs> but don't take offense. Being a woman in a male-dominated mm-hmm. uh, industry, yeah. how has that been? Yeah, look, I mean, actually, I get that, I get that question quite a lot. Um, actually, yeah, quite, quite um, often. Um, <laughs> I hope it doesn't become annoying. No, it's not annoying at all. I mean, I mean, it's sad because it's it's true. You know, it's the reality, and and unfortunately, you know, that's just kind of where we are at the moment. But it is changing. It's drastically changing. I can tell you from where I started in marketing in 2010 up to now, it's a completely different space and a completely different ball game. Um, and we are actively trying to change that as the biggest beer company in the world we play quite a crucial role in in changing that and we are actively trying to change it um just from my perspective you know that's never been my narrative so i never entered in into sab thinking that i would be treated differently because i'm a a female or or because i'm a woman and maybe there were some things that that happened or some comments that were made but it completely went over my head because i just never chose for that to be my narrative you know i Growing up, my parents never told me that I can't do anything because I'm a girl or that I need to behave differently because I'm a girl. I was always taught that I can do or be whatever I want. You know, if I put in the work and I put in the hours, no one can ever take that away from me. Um, So obviously my journey is not anyone else's journey. And I know that that not all women have this, unfortunately have the same story as as mine. Um, But I can tell you that sometimes you have to work a little bit harder to get the same respect um, as men. And you have to, you have to be very conscious about how you deliver your points in meetings and, and, you know, all the way from that to, to how you, how you dress to be taken seriously. And, and I can tell you that I've gotten lots of feedback over my, over my career, you know, that maybe you shouldn't dress like that because then people will remember you for how you dress and not what you say. And, you know, the thing about the glorious thing about feedback is you decide what you want to take and what you don't want to take. And this is also where authenticity comes in, you know? So, so I've never changed who I was as a human being. And, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm not a cookie cutter, a cookie cutter corporate um, person, you know, so I didn't change how I dress. I feel that that is what helped me show up at the office, what brought the creativity out of my mind. And that made me happy. And because I stayed so true to who I was and showed that you can still succeed, even when you choose to be yourself, I empowered everyone around me to do the same thing. And that's really what we should be doing, right? It's not just about being a a woman in a male dominated space. It's for everything. You know, if you are, if you are part of the, um, if you are part of the, part of the LBG 
on all the different other letters now that's been added to I that. I always mess up that name. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to miss anyone. You know, like you don't want mm-hmm. to feel like you can't be yourself coming to the office. You know, and it's 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 the same as differently abled people. You know, it's just not. It's just not. It's not just male and female. We all we are all different. And if you show someone else that you can succeed by being yourself and showing up um, 100% as the person who you are, then you enable that person to also, or empower that person to also show up how they are. And that's really when great work happens, you know? So I'm quite passionate about that. Have you heard about Big Shop Business Network? It's the place to be for African entrepreneurs, business owners and professionals just like you. Join millions of fellow entrepreneurs today by visiting likeabigshot.com Big Shop Business Network Connect, Share, Grow I'm hoping in the years to come it will no longer be male dominated as being the narrative for most industries because I believe we're all able to do um, any type of work given the, given the time, given the experience we would all do it uh, so looking at the brand you've built so far Right. Are there some points that you could say are perhaps universal to business generally that entrepreneurs could look at and say, okay, if I do that and that and that, I could potentially build a brand um, similar to what Castle Light has done? Yeah, look, I mean, I, I think the, the point of departure needs to be to understand if there is a gap. You know, what is the gap that you are trying to close as a product, a business or a brand? Um, you know, and then to make sure that the story that you tell is around that gap and closing that gap and something that connects truly to the consumer that you're trying to talk to. So like I said earlier, you know, we can't be everything to everyone. So, so when you go out and start a business or start a brand, it's important to understand why you are doing it and who you are doing it for. And then when, when you build, as you build your business or as you build this brand, to, to tailor your messaging around that, to, to tailor your media strategy around that so that you reach the right people in the right times, you know, so that you, so that you can relevantly show them how to close the gap with your product. But it really is understanding what you are doing, who you are doing it for, and then making sure that your brand has a unique space to play within that opportunity that you identified. And it's not easy, right? I mean, Castellite's been around from 1994 um, and the repositioning, so the brand that you know now happened in 2009. So, you know, that's quite a long time for a brand, for a brand like, like Castellite. It's, it's not something that happens overnight. So also just be, you know, be patient and put in the time, um, you know, and stick to your guns. Don't change every, every three to six months. Um, it, it takes time to build it, to build a brand. Oh, that's, that's fantastic. So, um, you know, earlier on, uh, um, the, the, I think this morning around, around seven, I was, I, was, I was doing my daily post and one of the profound things I had in mind today was something I believe Bill Gates said some time ago, that people un, un, uh, overestimate when they can, what they can do in a year, but underestimate what they can do over three years or five years. Exactly. Yeah. Looking at building a brand, would you would you say it would be much much more profitable or much more effective to look at a um, a long term strategy 
over um, short-term changes in the market? Yeah, definitely, because short-term, everything goes like this, you know, but long-term, when it evens out, it go, it's a straight line that grows, you know? So if you are going to, to plan your strategy around things that happen in the next three to six months to a year, you're going to be all over the place. But if you've got a 10-year view and where you want to be 10 years from now, and then you break that view down into a five-year plan, a three-year plan, and a one-year plan, it's much easier for you to put the right activities in place to reach that long-term goal. Um, and that's what I meant when I said earlier, you have to stay true to what you set out to do because otherwise every three months the world changes, right? And there's a new trend or a new fad. And if you're just going to follow that, then no one's going to know what it is that you're actually standing for and where you want to head, head as a brand or a business. So, so what is that 10-year vision? How does that translate into a five-year plan? What is your three-year roadmap? And then, and then what is your one-year plan broken down from that three-year roadmap? That's how I would approach it. Beautiful, beautiful. You've built, you've built a, a, a really huge community um, around the brand, uh, around Castle Light generally, to a point where whether somebody has um, used or bought your product or they haven't, they know about you. How would you say you managed to get to that point? Well, it, yeah, look, I mean, it definitely wasn't me. <laughs> it was it was all the amazing <laughs> people before me. Um, it was a, you it inherited was a, it. The whole village of people that built this that brought brought this baby up. That much I can promise you. Um, but look, I mean, it's it is a whole three hundred and sixty approach. You know, it's um, obviously with our product, it's it's a little bit different because we are at arm's length of of eighteen plus consumers in the country, you know? So just from an awareness and a top of mind awareness perspective, the product drives a lot of that itself. Um, and we are in, in most people's consideration set. So if you're a beer drinker, Costa Life will be in your consideration set, which is a really good place for a brand to be. And that has come from 10 years of consistent marketing, you know, like consistent um, storytelling, um, a narrative that has been very simple and easy to follow and understand and a lot of things that consumers cared about, you know, so we know what our consumers enjoy and what they, what they expect from Castellite and we try to deliver, you know, and sometimes we miss um, and we don't get it right, but most times we do and it is really consistency, you know, like most things in life, it's the same as we, if you train for something, right, you're not going to wake up today and run the two oceans marathon, it's all about consistency and, and some days you won't be able to train because of of life but if you wait if three out of five days you get it right then you know you'll reach your goal and it's the same with marketing and it's, it's it was really it was 10 years of consistent storytelling and narratives and and really amazing work that's gotten us where we are now well that's beautiful the consistency is really key there and um, staying true to um, what you've really set out to achieve you've you've um you've explored i think opportunities in the continent, uh, on the continent, I think more extensively than anyone I've spoken to so far. What would you say, um, if, if it's possible to talk about this, what would you say are the opportunities that are out there that perhaps um, an entrepreneur starting out today saying, I have no idea what to do, but I really want to do something. What are the opportunities that you think they can exploit or the market gap that they can start servicing yeah. from what you've seen. Look, I mean, I always feel like such a fraud when I talk about entrepreneurship because I feel like I've got a lot of 
structure and, and amazing people backing what I do. So I, I think it's much harder when you go out on your own. And I've got immense respect for people like that. But, you know, that's also how the economy grows. So we definitely need that. But from an Africa perspective as a continent, look, I mean, I don't think that there's any better place to be in the world right now. I really don't. There's so much opportunity um, on our continent. Everything's growing. We have a young population that's booming. You know, the rest of the world is looking at Africa. The new, newest technology is coming from here. You know, the fashion is being driven from here. Music is being driven from here, you know. So if ever you had a dream to start something, now is the time. You know, there really is no more excuses. And when you look at us as Africans and, and how, we, are, how we, have, we were brought up, we are hustlers, right? That's, that's how it works. You know, we, we hustle hard and then, and then or we, or we, we work quiet and hustle hard. You know, it's just, it's just how we how we brought up. Um, and if you go into a lot of these other other countries, you'll see that this, this business is booming everywhere, you know, and it doesn't look like the sand and skyscraper, but it doesn't matter to that person, you know, they, there's always opportunity and they and, and you just, you just have to look around you. So, so firstly, there's a lot of opportunity and a lot of potential. And there's a lot of people that want to connect. So when you are clear on what it is that you want to do, make sure that you make the right connections, you know, and, and that you find pockets of of profits or profit pools where you can go and and put some roots down and and start building building your way from the from the ground up but there's lots of opportunity and and you know covid's been really really hard but with that has come a lot of opportunity as well you know you've seen people rise up out of this you know people that were that were known to do one thing and they weren't able to do that thing during lockdown started a complete different thing you know and that's now going to be their business so that's been so inspiring for me to see how as as africans we just make the best of stuff you know we we don't sit and, and cry we're like well this is where we are now and it's our reality so we're just going to make it work for us um so there's a lot of opportunity you know like there's a new low-cost airline starting now because the other airlines bombed and obviously that stuff takes money so we can't all just start an airline i get that um but there's lots of smaller things that you can think about you know so there are a lot of trends that COVID accelerated you know so online e-commerce so most of us are quite comfortable buying online if you Alice M up eight and up, right? But it was not as established as it as it is in other markets like the States. That's completely been accelerated now. So people are a lot more comfortable buying stuff online. Um, they're a lot, they feel a lot safer. So you know, now you don't need a brick and mortar store. You know, you can run a business through digital, which takes a lot of your overheads out of the equation as well. So there's definitely a, a lot of opportunities that's, that's come out of this very hard, hard year, um, especially if you're a hustler, especially. You know, I think it was um, last episode that I was talking about the immense opportunity that COVID-19 came with, you know, even though it disrupted what we had known as business as usual, mm-hmm. it also came up with so many opportunities. And especially, especially when it comes to, um, you mentioned e-commerce. Yeah. I have one of my businesses that focuses on just that e-commerce. And when we started, I think that was in 2015, it was a very difficult thing. Actually, it's been a very difficult thing for the past five years, but over the past three or so months, uh, not necessarily three or so months, over the uh, period we've been in lockdown, actually, the acceleration there was 
immense. Mm. I've never seen anything of that sort, especially businesses in South Africa. That was, that was something amazing. You know, when you have your baby and it starts growing and you're really proud because you, you managed to catch that wave early, you know, it was, it was a really amazing thing. And as you're saying, there are so many opportunities on the continent and it's something that um, entrepreneurs need to jump into. So what's it like for, for you, let's say maybe for the fast, for the, for the next five or 10 years, what is it that we, we can look forward to hearing or seeing from you? Yeah, look, I mean, <laughs> that's always such an interesting question because, you know, life changes and, and we never, never really know what, what opportunities are kind of come our way. But, um, you know, from a cost of light perspective, we have some amazing stuff coming up. Um, and obviously, I can't say too much, but going into 2021, we, we really do have some, some, some very cool things coming. Obviously, Cardi B is coming. She wasn't able to come this year, and, and we're really excited to share that. Um, we've, got, we've got some amazing things in the, in the, actually in the entrepreneurial space. So this year, we did collaborate with Batu. Um, we've got another collaboration dropping in December, which I can't disclose. Um, but we, as a brand, we also try to collaborate with, with um, proudly African entrepreneurs, you know, and, and make sure that we use our platform to showcase the amazing talent that we have. And we've done that in hip hop. You know, that's, that's, our, that's our passion there is to, to make sure that we put our, our talent on a global stage. Um, but we can, we can go much broader than that. It doesn't have to be just music. And we started doing that this year, and that's been really successful for us. So there's more of that coming up. Um, yeah, and then just from, from myself and my team, you know, we always have some tricks up our sleeves. So just keep an eye on the socials there. All right. That's beautiful. I really look forward to it. And some of the adverts that you guys have released, I don't know if people um, go on YouTube or any other platform just to go watch adverts. <laughs> I think people always skip adverts, but for me, it's a different story. I always actually just go there to watch adverts and some of the adverts that you guys have been pulling. My goodness, that's some beautiful stuff. That's really interesting stuff. Um, you're doing well there. Keep it up. And um, anyways, um, as we get to closing, I believe we're in that time, as we get to closing, is there anything you would like to say perhaps to entrepreneurs, business owners, or even professionals, or even someone just aspiring perhaps to be in the same market as you are? Is there something you would like to say to them? Yeah, look, I mean, I think that that the only thing that I can really say is that our time is now, you know, as as an African continent. And and I know that that it's tough it's tough to follow your dream to give up a cushy job if you want to be an entrepreneur um, or to make that 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 jump um, you know but but there really is no better time than the present and um, you know when you are clear on what it is that firstly be clear on who you are as a human being and what you stand for and then when you're clear on what it is that you want in the next five to ten years make sure that you put um, steps in place to reach that goal, you know, and be consistent. And, and, and some days it will be harder than others, but when you've got your long-term, your long-term goal, it'll be easier for you, for you to follow that. And, you know, just be a nice person, man. Like, I know that sounds so silly, but you know, just be a nice human being. There's so many people that want to connect and brands that want to connect. And, you know, it'll be much easier to build your network and your profile as a professional if you're just a nice human being. And we can all need it. We can all be, use a little bit more kindness in the world, you know. So just be, be a nice person. That's, it. That's beautiful. Are you a reader? Well, that, that's not my, that's not my <laughs> husband's book. It's mine. 
So yes. <laughs> That's good. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Any any books you can suggest for us? Yeah, look, I mean, it depends on what what kind of books you're talking about. You know, if it's fiction or nonfiction. I read a lot of African literature. So um, there's a book called The Moonless Starless Sky, which um, goes into all the different corners of Africa and talks about some of the things that are happening that we might not always know about, Um, you know, and then some of the things that we do know about. And that that really opened my mind to a lot of the injustice on the continent. And I really enjoyed that. So that's a that's a book that I that I always recommend quite highly. Um, then there's also a book called Educated that came out two years ago. It was also on Barack Obama's reading list. Um, and it shows you how, what, where ignorance comes from, you know. And there's a lot, like I said earlier, there's a lot of things in the world that's not right. But sometimes it's just because people aren't educated. And, you know, you, if, if that just shows how important that is. And, and that, that, if that cornerstone in your country is not right, it's going to be really hard um, for people to meet in the middle, you know. And, and um, so that was a really, really great book for me to read. Um, I loved Michelle Obama's Becoming and I'm busy with Barack's um, book as well. So that's a, if you are actually, it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, that was a, was a magnificent book to read, um, Becoming, um, which I highly recommend. And then from a kind of nonfiction book, there's a book called The Happiness Advantage. Um, and that's, that is my philosophy at work. It's how I build my team. It's how I keep people motivated. But even if you're not a leader and even if you don't work in corporate and you just want to be happier overall, it is a wonderful book to read. It's thin. It feels like you're having lunch with a friend. It's written very easily, but it gives you actual, um, things, you know, actual examples on how to, how to be more productive through being happy, you know, which is a, which is a really nice lens to take. And then lastly, Mind Power in the 21st century, I read about five years ago and it completely changed my life. So really understanding how to harness your brain power and to choose what you think and what you put in the universe and how that manifests into reality has been a game changer for me. So those were just off the top of my head would be some of my recommendations. That's, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. How can people get in touch with you? Um, look, I mean, LinkedIn... Um, Instagram, social media. So also those barriers are all down our right? So no more excuses. Um, but yeah, that's, that's right. the best platform. Yeah. All right. So I really appreciate you coming through to the show today and all the immense value that you have given us. Beautiful work you're doing at Castle Light there. And um, for the fact that Africa is the best continent and the continent of the future, I really wish you all the best going forward. And thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you, LinkedIn, and thanks for your time. I appreciate it. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Remember to subscribe, review, and share this podcast. Be sure to join millions of fellow entrepreneurs at Big Shot Business Network. For this week's show notes, visit likebigshot.com slash podcast. Until next week, this has been the Big Shot Business.